We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Welcome in to a Friday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. I'm always excited when we get to the end of the week. I love my weekends. I love my Friday nights. I'll be at a high school football playoff game tonight. Uh, bet I'm going to a town that most of you have never been to and maybe some of you have never heard of. Let's check. Let's check with Alan Rogers, Friday producer of the Bruce Hooley Show. Alan Rogers, have you ever been to Minster, Ohio? I have not. Ah, well, you're missing it because it's a beautiful little town and I'll be there tonight and we'll have high school football playoffs all around Central Ohio. We have so many beautiful little towns like that. We certainly do. We certainly do. And that is what the uh, essence of the midterm elections is about. Those beautiful little towns across America where life is idyllic. Life is, as we envision, the white picket fence life. There's a lot of them out there. I've been through many of them. I've been fortunate uh, in my career, most of which has been spent in Ohio, to go through some of Ohio's uh, most beautiful little towns. Uh, my daughter goes to a college in semi-rural Indiana, and so that allows me to go through western Ohio, and uh, there's some beautiful little towns. Uh, anybody ever been to Rockford? Rockford's a gorgeous little town. Alan's shaking his head no. you got to get out more. I, I, where is it? Rockford, Ohio is near the Indiana border on um, 33. Okay. Yeah, it's a neat little town, and... What you find when you drive through rural Ohio, I had this conversation with someone from the Salem, uh, you know, headquarters when they were in here Friday night a week ago for the Battleground Talkers tour. And Jim Jordan, the congressman who will win reelection by a landslide. A lot of people always say, oh, he'll win by 10 points. Oh, he'll win by 10 points. I keep hearing it. J.D. Vance will win by 10 points. Who's his opponent? Uh, Jim Jordan's opponent. Yeah. That's a woman from Delaware. I don't know her. I'm sure she's a nice lady. She's a Democrat, so she must be stopped so in like her tracks because t- she'll be pro-teachers union. Tammy somebody? Uh, yeah, I think so. It was interesting today reading the Tim Ryan endorsements. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, uh, there's that old saying, the uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Was well, that comes from the Godfather, I think? Maybe, maybe not. But... Uh, you, there's also another view of that, which is uh, you are who you hang out with, right? Like we always tell our kids, like, you know, you hang out with certain kids, hang out with bad kids. You're going to be uh, exposed to bad ideas and you may become a bad kid yourself. So I'm reading through the endorsements. And if you didn't know who the candidates were, if you didn't know who the candidates were. If I told you, I sound like a 30 for 30 on ESPN. What if I told you there was a candidate for U.S. Senate who was endorsed by more than 30 unions the state and federal teachers unions, and he's been endorsed by, well, if I'd say this, I'll give it away, but just the teachers unions and 30 unions. And then there's another candidate who's been endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police, 
and the National Federation of Independent Businesses and the National Rifle Association. Which candidate would you vote for? Which candidate would you vote for? Well, obviously, J.D. Vance is the guy who's been endorsed by the FOP, the the Ohio National Federation of Independent Businesses, Small Businesses, and the National Rifle Association. Tim Ryan is the guy who's endorsed by 30 unions, including the state and federal teachers unions, and, of course, by Sherrod Brown. And we actually have uh, fake Sherrod Brown here today. Uh, Fake Sherrod Brown, can you tell us, uh, you know... Have you endorsed Tim Ryan or have you endorsed J.D. Vance? Well, I would uh, always endorse somebody who's a union person like that. So anybody who's got backing of the unions. I don't know how but how somebody who has uh, no hair can impersonate Sherrod Brown, who has unkempt and wild hair so well. Kudos on your Sherrod Brown impression. Thank you. <laughs> That's Alan Rogers, ladies and gentlemen. He doubles as a Sherrod Brown impersonator. Hey, I'll be opening tonight. <laughs> Besides doing everything... Uh, else here at 98.9 The Answer. So, I mean, you are who you hang out with, right? You are who you hang out with. And so uh, I just reflect on this midterm coming up because I spend so much of my time uh, being a small-town guy, thinking about small-town people and what small-town citizens care about. Because when I think about the backbone of America— I think about the values that are embodied in small-town America. And that's not to say that those values can't also be embodied in large cities like Columbus, Cincinnati, and Cleveland. And I've worked in Cleveland. I've worked in Miami, Florida. And you find, of course, good people there who believe in America as a great place. Uh, But I was having a conversation yesterday uh, because I used to work in sports radio. There's a website out there that, you know, follows people who had a career in that realm and they you know they want to do like where where are they now kind of a thing so this guy calls me and he wants to do a uh, a profile of why i'm doing talk radio now and he asked me why i'm doing talk radio now and i said because i became increasingly uncomfortable with devoting my entire professional life to something that really didn't have any impact on things that i think matter more now than they've ever mattered before and i think the values of america matter more now than they ever have before. And that's why I was thrilled when we expanded the Bruce Willis Show from 98.9 to include our audience in Western Ohio on 94.5 because we get to talk to the people from Maria Stein and Coldwater and St. Henry and, you know, uh, Little Eaton and, uh, 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 why can't I think, uh, Tri-Village Schools, New Madison and little towns like that, Mil- uh, West Milton. And Troy and Sydney and Piqua, towns like that, because those are the people who make America run. And those are the people that down through the ages have been the ones who have fought for our freedom. I know everybody come from everywhere and all this kind of stuff. I get it. But the sacrifices that people in small towns make, those are the people who feed us. Those are the people who populate the jobs in the manufacturing realm. Those are the people who get out of high school and don't go to Ivy League schools and rack up huge student debt and force real working people to pay off their debt because Joe Biden enacts an unconstitutional student loan forgiveness plan. So I have great empathy and identity with people in small town America. And so I was telling this guy I got out of sports because I felt like it didn't matter. And I think the times that we're in right now are our storm the beaches at Normandy moment. We as parents, we as people who believe in the goodness of America, the founding values of America, have to muster our collective courage and we have to talk 
openly and boldly and confidently and, you know, from an informed perspective about why we cannot go along with the economic policies of the Democratic Party, the social policies of the Democratic Party, the foreign policies of the Democratic Party. They're all damaging to our country. And he said, so what do you think is the most pressing issue that we have? And I said, the most pressing issue that we have is we have to get back to the point where we don't look at lying to us as voters as something that is normal, as something that is part of politics. And I said, we get the leaders that we demand. We get the leaders that we demand. And if we have leaders who lie to us with no compunction at all, no compunction at all, if we vote for those leaders because they just have the right letter in front of their name, then nothing's ever going to change. Nothing's ever going to get better. And I am of the opinion that Joe Biden is a congenital, unrepentant, pathological liar. He has told the same lie about riding the trains and some guy coming up to him, hey, Joey, baby, blah, blah, blah. He's told lies about driving trucks. He's told lies at every turn. He tells lies about the economy every day. He tells lies about gas prices. Here's one he told yesterday in New York. I've never heard this one before. Have you? No idea why that's not playing. No idea why that's not playing. Try one more time. I have no idea. What What is going on here? I had it queued up, ready to go. I don't know. <laughs> It's because I was going to prove him to be... Uh, I'll try autoplay. Let's try this. This is crazy. Okay. It's, I apologize, it's folks. It's Friday off. I have no idea why that's not playing. Uh, I don't have any of the wrong buttons pressed, and everything was fine, and this machine has a mind of its own. It does. But Biden yesterday said, you know, when I met my wife, I was a starter on the football team at Delaware, and I quit the football team because... What? What? Like, has the has anybody ever heard that before, that he was a starter on the football team in college? The man is so used to lying that I think he feels like, you know. And I'm not joking about this. Yeah, well, you are joking. I mean, no, you're not joking. He's, he wants you to buy it. He's telling all kinds of whoppers yesterday about gas prices and about the economy and all this. The larger point is we cannot accept lying as the new normal, right? We cannot accept it as the new normal. And I've said before, what would a politician do? What would the future of a politician be? If, for instance, like, let's 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 attack our side of the aisle. Let's attack Mike Carey, okay? Mike Carey, Republican congressman. He's probably going to win easy. I despise the idea that Mike Carey voted to ensconce homosexual marriage into law. Now, if Mike Carey feels like he has to vote that way because there's something else in a bill that he doesn't want to vote against or there's a reason why, come forward. But he has ducked coming on this show ever since he made that vote because he knows I'm going to blow him up on it. That's not an honest position either. So it's on both sides of the aisle, and we have to hold people accountable for it. All right, we have solved the grand mystery of the audio board that hates me. And to prove it, here is your president yesterday um, coming up with a fresh lie to go with the 
collection of lies that he has told ever since he's been a public figure, which is for the better part of half a century. But my, uh, you know, I, I, I married a, a beautiful woman from Atlas Lake, was at Syracuse. I met her on spring break and fell head over heels in love with her and uh, gave up a starting job on the football team in Delaware to come up uh, uh, every weekend because I couldn't stay away. Is there any record of that anywhere? No, there is not. Just there's no record of him ever driving a truck. There's no record of him ever getting arrested visiting Nelson Mandela. I mean, it's just, he lies with impunity. He lies just because he can. Now, he's talking about his first wife, not Dr. Jill. Although, I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Some alternate universe. He's like, ah, it's harmless, harmless, harmless. Yeah, okay. Harmless, it's a character flaw, all right? You want to talk about something that's not harmless? I don't think it's harmless. When inflation is at 8 point something percent, wages are up, but they're up less than 8%, 5%. So you're losing money. Your retirement is going down. And Joe Biden uh, continues to uh, embark upon the uh, you don't know how good you have it tour. This is what he's on. He's in Syracuse the other day. That's why he was making up this story about being a football star. Basically, his message as the midterm elections approach is, no, gas isn't up. Gas is down. No, the economy isn't on the verge of recession. The economy is robust. (laughs) And no, this isn't a tough time to be a breadwinner. This is like a chicken in every pot. Everything's fantastic. Today, with the help of the people behind me, we're in a much better place. Ten million jobs created since we took office. A record for any administration in American history. See, things are great. Fantastic. Wonderful. Government does not create jobs unless they're, you know, starting a new federal agency. Well, I guess he created 87,000 IRS jobs. Yeah. You know how he creates jobs? He takes your money and he gives it to someone to do a job on the government. And thus he has, quote unquote, created a job. You know how jobs are really created? Someone who has money risks their own money to build a factory or start a restaurant or start a law firm or start a plumbing business, and they pay you to come and work for them, thus risking their own money to actually create a job. That is a real job creator. Someone who takes personal risk with their own wealth to share it with others because they're receiving back in exchange for it a service. We're changing people's lives. (sighs) That you are. Making them worse. Making them worse. So while Biden's in Syracuse yesterday, uh, Chucky Schumer, Senate Majority Leader, comes up to him and they have a conversation on the tarmac where a hot mic picks it up. They have one of these boom mics. You've seen them out. Big fuzzy thing on the end of it to you know filter out the wind noise. And they pick up a private conversation between Schumer and Biden where Schumer says, the state where we're going downhill is Georgia. It's hard to believe that they will go for Herschel Walker. Why is it hard to believe they'll go for Herschel Walker? Because he 
allegedly, reportedly paid for an abortion more than 20 years ago? We don't even know if he did. That's just the accusation. They keep coming out of the woodwork. They're doing the Brett Kavanaugh on Herschel Walker. Let's just annihilate him and assassinate him with a bunch of accusations, none of which we will prove, but hopefully a lot of which will stick to the wall and people won't vote for him. So what's the alternative in Georgia? It's to vote for a guy who will let taxpayers pay for unfettered abortion. I love the Democratic logic. Herschel Walker paid for an abortion, hence he's disqualified from office. Raphael Warnock will greenlight unfettered abortion access up to and including the moment of birth. Ergo, he's a good guy. Let's put him back in the Senate. Interesting logic. You say, well, wait a minute now. You just talked in segment one about being authentic and not lying. Being authentic and not lying doesn't mean you're not allowed to change your position and evolve on something or become enlightened on something. J.D. Vance ripped Donald Trump prior to the 2016 election. And when we asked J.D. Vance at the Senate Forum at Genoa back in October a year ago, explain yourself on Trump. J.D. Vance had a pretty succinct but pretty powerful explanation. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong about his policies. I was wrong about his conservatism. I was wrong. Joe Biden talks a lot. Pelosi talks a lot. Schumer talks a lot. The AOCs of the world talk a lot. Have you ever heard him utter those three words together? I was wrong? Ever? No. And you won't. Why? Because if you say I was wrong, it makes you vulnerable. It makes you transparent. It risks you giving up the illusion that you are always right, and hence, you can't be doubted, you can't be questioned. And that brings me back to my interview yesterday with this guy who was calling to do a profile about why I left sports radio. And he said, what's the number one issue out there for you? And I said, well, it's A, that we look at people who lie with no checks on their lying. But I said, the real problem is one side wants to silence all speech. Anything they disagree with, they don't want to hear it. I said, I know what I believe and I know why I believe it. As an evangelical Christian, I know what I believe and why I believe it. I know politically what I believe and why I believe it. The two are intertwined. A lot. Pro-life issues. I can't give you my position on being pro-life without giving you my position as an evangelical Christian. Same on transgenderism. But not all my political positions are as attached to my evangelical beliefs. But everything that I espouse on this show, I know the underpinnings of why I believe it. And I'm more than willing to talk to anyone who disagrees with me and hear them out on why they view it differently. But the Democratic Party and leftists don't want to have that discussion. They're the ones who want to say that speech is violence. And they also say silence is violence. So we're in the interim, we're in the middle of that. Are we supposed to have a discussion? If silence is violence and speech is violence, I don't know how you ever have a conversation with a side that thinks both are true.